But no, Melly, Melly, you don't like confrontation, let's nope. be honest. Do you know really, Mel? really doesn't. Nope. So she will, Mel will do anything to avoid <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Honestly. I'll leave the country. She, she'll lie. <laughs> she will lie. Barefaced lies are hilarious what? to witness. <laughs> this week on Walking the Dog, I chatted to actor, comedian, presenter and total national treasure, Mel Gedroich, along with her very talented director sister, Koki Gedroich. Now, I loved Mel and Koki, but we're not quite at the stage yet or I could join their family bubble. Give it time. So I call them from my walk with Ray in North London whilst they walk their dogs out in West London. You'll get to meet and hear all about their dogs. I mean, you'll definitely hear Mel's. I'm just saying, Mel, yours is quite noisy. But I hope you'll also get to know both of them a bit better. We chatted about their childhood, growing up with really fascinating sounding parents and their relationship as siblings. Who backs down first in a row? Who's the sulker? As well as their respective lives and careers. We discussed Mel's enduring partnership with Sue Perkins and what it felt like to leave Bake Off and chatted to Koki about her work as a director, including her latest project bringing Catelyn Moran's book How to Build a Girl to the screen. And you can stream it on Amazon, by the way, from July the 24th. Mel and Koki were adorable. They just seemed to have that really lovely spark and intimacy and honesty that you only really get with sisters. And I loved the sound of their dogs. And boy, did I hear the sound of Mel's dog. So I'm probably gonna move in with them. Either one will do. We could do it on a rotation. If someone could let them know, that'd be great. I really hope you enjoy this week's episode and don't forget to rate, review and subscribe and check out How to Build a Girl on Amazon. Here's Mel and Koki. Where are we, Mel? Pittsburgh Park. We're in the Burbs. We are cruising around somewhere beyond the North Circular, way out in the Burbs. It's a <laughs> and it's day. a lovely sun. It's a lovely yeah, sunny it's a, day. Although it's a bit nippy. There's a little when the sun goes in. There's a nasty little nip. And it's that's very. Okay. Um, we should say, I should introduce you both formally because I always forget to do that bit and I get in trouble and people say, oh, this isn't very professional. Andrew Marr wouldn't do this. <laughs> Andrew Marr doesn't have to pick up dog poo every five minutes. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know his personal life. <laughs> um, this is Walking the Dog. I'm Emily Dean and I'm so excited to have these fabulous siblings on my show today. I'm with Mel Giedroyk. Is it Giedroyk? Did I say it right? Listen, Emily, it's, it's Gedroich, but come oh. on, you were close. Do you know what? I'm going to do it again out of oh, respect. Oh, no, sorry. Because I know your father had, we'll talk about that, but I know he took the name seriously, the care of saying it correctly. So it's Mel Gedroich. Oh, I said it wrong again. Say it again. <laughs> it's uh, it's Gedroich. Gedroich. Mel yeah, Gedroich. strong. Hello. And Koki Gedroich. Yeah. Have I said either of your names right, Koki? You, you got mine right completely. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> Hang on just a sec. Junie, come on. We're oh, just searching is, for the dog, yeah. the errant dog. There she, she is. And you're with, you're in, um, is it kind of, it's Pitts Hanger Park, is it? So is it kind of Ealing area? Yeah. Yeah, Queen of the Suburbs. As far west as you can get and still sort of pretend you're in London. Next stop, Slough. Yeah. And do you both, is that both of your manor, even as adults, do you live near each other, you guys? Yes. 
<laughs> We've always lived very, very close to each She's, other. She says with a slight, <laughs> slight melancholy. No. Oh, I, I love that though. I think it's no, really it's... nice when sisters live near each other. It's really, it's been amazing actually, because we sort of, um, we've got kids of a, of a similar age. So between the four of us, um, you know, parents, one or at least two normally unemployed. Uh, so it was brilliant for childcare, wasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. been amazing. We've, and they've, we've... they've grown up really, really close. They're almost like siblings, yeah. the girls. And, oh, um, I love that. It's like the Waltons. It's so nice. Yeah. The extended we're, family. <laughs> we're within, we've always been within about five minutes of each other, our whole adult lives. It's kind of strange and amazing. Yeah. I loved it. Do you know, I think that's probably proof your parents did a good job. I always think when siblings get along, that's a good sign. Yeah. We'd, yeah, we're, yeah we're, we're close. There's four, four of us. us. Yeah. Well, and, I want to get on to the others. I'm fascinated by them, but... I, we need to introduce the dog first. So you have a dog with you, is that right? One each. One each. Junie. Yeah. yeah. So, so Junie. So talk me through your dog. So Koki, talk me through your dog. Come on, old girl. Come Mine on. is called Bobtail, and she is 15 years old. She was um, supposed to be a little roughy tufty Jack Russell. Um, and uh, she was introduced Mel's to me sniggering at that and by, I Mel, feel, by a friend of Mel's, in I fact. Feel res- I feel really responsible for this. So my <laughs> friend, I have this hilarious friend who I've sadly lost touch with, actually, uh, that we used to call Gucci. And um, she was quite sort of an extravagant... <laughs> I love Gucci! Yeah, she was quite a, a brilliant person, quite an extravagant personality. And she, she bought this beautiful little white fluffy dog. I think she called it something like... Snuffles or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> of course she did. She's called Gucci. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, "Oh, and Snuffles has got this lovely little family. There's pups on the way, and they're purebred something or other." And so I told I told Coke about it. And sorry, this isn't a very interesting story with no punchline. So the punchline <laughs> is that we <laughs> went. No, the punchline is I went all the way to Kent. Uh, oh, that's a good enough punchline for me. Oh, sorry, Koki. sorry. We went all the way to Kent, and it was a really, really rough family. Um, yeah. Quite scary. Yeah. Um, and they had a shed full of tiny puppies, and they got one out, a really, really fat one, and said, we kept this one for you. We called it Baby. And my son, who was six, said, I don't want Baby. I want the one in the shadows, the little runt. And the runty one was Bobtail. Oh. And obviously she turned out not to be a beautiful, roughy tufty Jack Russell, but a complete kind of mad mix of God knows what. She's got really short legs, big fat tummy, fluffy She's white like hair. She's like a footstool. They fleeced you though, Coat, didn't they? Yeah, 250 they... quid. Whoa. <laughs> you see, that's... you on, Cokey. No, but I was so scared I'd have paid anything, seriously. It was, it was dangerous <laughs> down in Kent. <laughs> It's the idea that they said, not baby, the one in the shadows, your kid said, so I want the one in the shadows. I know, yeah, but she's 15 and she's really sprightly. She's well sprightly. there you go. She was worth every penny. She's gorgeous. And um, Mel, introduce your dog, if you will. So uh, our dog is called Juno and she is a Bulgarian street dog. We, We call her a lurch viler. We think she's got quite a lot of lurcher in her. 
Oh. And a Rottweiler. There's a lot of Rottweiler in there. And also Doberman and any other slightly dangerous dog you care to mention. <laughs> she's, she's, she's... She's enormous. She's, she's, she's absolutely so, flipping enormous. She's so sweet. <laughs> she's got a ridiculous long... Uh, do you remember those scary monkeys in The Wizard of Oz that used to follow the <gasps> Wicked Witch around? Yeah, but can I say, very well dressed, even though they were scary, fabulous clothes. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> Do you remember the lovely tailored sort of Tom yes. Ford? Yes, yes. Little bolero coats. Oh, yes. I love their clothes. <laughs> oh, they were scary though. Horrid. Even thinking yeah. about them. Oh. Did they make a noise, actually, now I think of it? They did, Pro didn't they? Didn't they, they make probably some sort chatted. of... Some they horrid sort of... noise. But anyway, no, so Jeans has got a massive, long, uh, scary monkey tail, very long spindly legs, a pinhead, and massive Rottweiler jowls. And wow, she lurks around. She basically is just on the hunt for food from the moment she wakes up to the moment she goes to sleep. And she sleeps um, a lot. She's very lazy. And do um, Bobtail and Juno get on? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of you said yes, the other said not they really. Do. They Jeans. sort of ignore each other. Totally um, ignore each right other. Right now, they're doing what we're doing. They've got massive social distancing going on. And they kind of look away from each other. But they rub along, you know. They yeah. don't fight. I've got a, I think Jeans is quite unfriendly, Cobb. She's quite aloof. She's a bit of a snob. Is quite she? high status. Yeah. We call Aww. her the Duchess. We call her the Duchess. <laughs> you grew up in Surrey, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Did you have animals? Were your, were your family sort of, your mum and dad dog people? No dogs. Mum and dad never had uh, dogs. They weren't really sort of doggy people. Were they, they not? Sort of, not really. I can't imagine them sort of out walking every day. No. Mum, maybe. Dad, absolutely not. He was an academic. He was he was very indoor orientated, wasn't he? Your dad, was he a, a, an engineer? He did quite a few things in his life and um, for a big part of the 60s and into the 70s, he was um, an aircraft designer and then a civil engineer. So he used to travel the world a lot. But, but he was a real, real um, academic. He was absolutely just loved his having his head in books, loved lectures, giving them, reading them. He just yeah. loved academic loved debate. Yeah. Do you remember really? some? I remember summer holidays really clearly. We used to go to the Lake District every year, and literally you just wouldn't see Dad. He'd be up in the bedroom with the books. Yeah. That was his time to just really chill out, hang out, and get down with the books. Never amazing. Saw, never saw him with the tan. Never. <laughs> or in swimming trunks. I no, never... no. <laughs> Not, or shorts. Never no. in shorts, no. Really? Never in shorts. He was really in his head, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And, he, and was your mum, your mum was, uh, was she a nurse? I know, was she a homemaker as well? But she, because yes. they were four yes. of you, weren't they? Yeah, she trained as a nurse and got to within six weeks of qualifying in the 1950s and then married dad and didn't get didn't take her qualifications, didn't become a nurse. They fully. were really cross with her. Yeah, really? so, so kind of old fashioned. But but basically, you know, she wanted to be his wife and she wanted to have kids, didn't she, Mel? Absolutely. And that was it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I tell you what, though, now, uh, as we are in lockdown, 
I really get a whiff of what it must have been like to be a 1970s housewife. It's yes, exhausting. Right. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah. Cleaning yeah. as well. This, just constant. Listen, there's so much to do, yeah. isn't there? The getting of food. I hate cleaning. I hate cleaning. I love oh. it. Do you? I love it. I've oh. become really into it. Oh. What, what, don't, bit, what bit of it? <laughs> what don't you like about it, though? Oh, God, I love it. I, I hate the idea that it's going to be four hours of my life. So, so like at 10 o'clock on a Friday, I just think this is... Actually, in our house, we share it, so it's an hour each. Yeah. That's not so bad. This has revolutionised my cleaning life. Seriously, no word of a lie. A battery-operated Hoover. Ah. It's really light. You can just carry okay. it around with you. It's, it's only the weight of a sort of grip bag or something. And it is absolutely brilliant. And it gets into all those corners. What, what kind of Koki, I think she's got... <laughs> I think she's got, these are desperate times. She's doing a bit of the old sponsorship without telling us. Look, she's trying to get it in there, the old mention. Look, you, Mel, the agent was on the phone. You just, just need to mention that Hoover at least three times. Sneak it in. Is it um, a brother and a sister you had? Or was yes. It, yeah. Uh, so our brother Miko is the eldest of the clan. Mm. And he is, how many years older than you is he, Coke? He's, I think he's nine years older than me. So he's what? Four. Is he four years older? Four than years me? older than me. Um, I can hear he... the treats coming out, by the way. Yes, That's exciting. The treat for Bobtail. Sit down. Sit, 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 sit. Hang on, okay. Junie's on her way over, mate. Watch that like a right, ruddy hawk. Sit. <laughs> sit down, June. Good girl. Oh, she's a good girl. She's a good girl. Good girl. <laughs> Thanks so for that, Bob. There is something funny about hearing down the phone. She's a good girl. She's a good girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a dirty phone call. Um, <laughs> so go on. So, yeah, so. Um, Miko is the oldest and a musician, is that right? Yeah, he's, he's a musician. A musician. Um, he was um, an economist and is an incredibly brainy bloke. Got two degrees, amazingly smart. Um, and then just had a sort of massive turnaround in his life, aged about 40, and became um, a musician, set up a, set up a gospel choir. Wow. Um, Oh, sorry, that was just a, that? A, cock a cockapoo. I'm out with my dog, oh, Raymond. Raymond. And, oh, um, Raymond! I love Raymond. Raymond. I'm with Raymond. So well, do you know what was great, guys? We were walking out yesterday and we met a dog who Raymond quite fancied, a male dog, because oh. I think that's oh, yeah. his way, which I approve of. And um, he said, I said to the woman, what's your dog called? She went, Tony. I like that old dog. It's a Tony and Raymond, like two 70s cab drivers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but, um, and, and tell me about your sister as well, because she's got she's got so many kids. I can't even believe it. She's yeah, got she's got seven. seven. Wow. Like Snow White. She's got seven kids, and also, um, I was about to say more importantly, I didn't mean it that way at all. <laughs> she's got two absolutely divine rescue dogs yeah. called Badger and Mr. Todd. They oh, are flipping. They're flipping hilarious. Mr. Todd has got the worst underbite you've ever seen in your life. And um, Badger sleeps on top of Mr. Todd. He sort of, he sort of straddles him and sleeps on top so of Mr. Todd. So you didn't have dogs growing up, but you, all the girls have all ended up with dogs. So yeah. I, wonder, I want to get an idea of the sort of atmosphere, I suppose, growing up in your house. You know, you mentioned your dad was an academic and my dad was a bit like that, in that he'd always be reading books and, you know, was, was very 
every thought was quite profound, you know, and articulate. And yeah. I just wondered, what did you feel as kids in that environment? What would you describe the atmosphere as being like? And, and your relationship and dynamic I'm interested to hear about. There was a lot of laughter. There was a lot of asking about Emily, to be honest. There was a lot <laughs> of, you know, we paint this picture of our dad, you know, as being very serious, though he was, it was a very serious side to him. But he yeah. also was, I mean, he loved his comedy. There yeah. was always something going on. It was a loud house. There were loads right. of people passing through it. Mum was a very big socialiser. Yeah. yeah. Still is, she actually. Was, she was the really gregarious kind of very organised, used to do dinner parties twice a week in the oh 70s, do you remember? Cocktail oh yeah. and uh, prawn cocktail and... And Polish food, loads of Polish yeah. food. Lots of the guests, in fact, lots of the people coming through our house were Polish. Yeah. Because um, that's your dad's background, isn't he? He's yeah. from, yeah, he, he, from Poland. Polish-Lithuanian originally, yeah. But they were strict though, they were strict parents. They were yeah strict and very loving yeah no we messing had, we had two and what foster sort of brothers thing were they as strict well, about sometimes. what sort of thing would they i'm interested in other people's rules in there because we didn't really have any but manners manners really? manners yeah. manners yeah oh Absolutely. i mean from you know making a guest welcome never talking about yourself but we've made up for that obviously in later years <laughs> um uh, you have <laughs> Oh, asking questions of other people. <laughs> Always asking questions. Um, what other things? Table we, manners. We used to have to sit with really, really aged Polish relatives and just be with them for hours, not understanding yeah. a word they were saying. Do you yeah. remember? Oh my God. Do you, would and you describe the, yeah. yourself as quite adulted at a young age? Like I always feel we were part of the dinner parties. Do you know what I mean? There was no, there was no, and I quite liked that. There was no sense of there being a dividing line between the kids and adults. Um, did you think that no, was true there in your was, family? No, we had a big did, dividing line. Did, did you? If there was a dinner party, we were literally Sandwiches. upstairs peering through the banister, <laughs> praying there'd be some really nice food left. <laughs> some scraps. Sneaking down. Scraps. It was a strict household. But it was really full of fun. Mel's right. It was full of laughs. And we had two foster brothers as well for about three six years. years. Six, was really? it six? Oh, no, it was, it, was all of prime, it was all of primary school. So it would have been five years, wow. yeah. Wow. What do you think that gives you coming from a big family? Like looking at how you both are in adulthood. You eat really fast. Yeah. <laughs> you eat really fast. Yeah. Because someone would nick it from your plate. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't. I think mum timed... Um, a sort of an average uh, dinner time in our house once yeah. and it was under it was under seven minutes <laughs> it was oh, I love that. so that's for three courses uh, and literally. we still do don't we mel we yeah. really it's awful it's so embarrassing i know, I know. People, I like people are shocked they're quite shocked and and mel was the last along and definitely the loudest Really? Because <laughs> you have to chip in, man. You have to chip in. Yes, you have to. You and have get to your airspace. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she arrived um, quite... She sort of bounced in to our family. I remember it. I was five. Really? Yeah. Unexpectedly. And what's your first memory of Mel arriving? Just She looked like a little frog. And she, and she was a real tiny, tiny tomboy, basically. Um, always wore the same pair of shorts, had very, very scrappy little 
friends down the road. They're always on their roller skates and bikes. They're just very sort of, I don't know. It was the 70s. Can you 70s, imagine it? It was yeah. just like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we did, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. I remember I remember Coke, who was, is five years older, as yeah. pretty glamorous. No. The shoes, were, the shoes were wedge <laughs> and high. There was a lot of kind of uh, midi skirt action going on. Aww. And a lot of sort of, I was quite obsessed with the makeup that was going on, the hair care. There was quite a lot of that, wasn't there? Yeah, we were different. We were different for a long time and there's a big gap. Yeah. Um, and then the we youth kind club of... disco, I remember that very clearly, taking you. Dad and I used to take Coke and a posse of her mates to the youth club disco. You could barely get into the car, the the smell of... Charlie. Charlie, Tweed. <laughs> and Tramp. It was Tramp. Tramp. <laughs> and do you think that you... Because I was the youngest and I was really close with my sister, but there was almost a sense of... She was very benign and sort of slightly quieter, I suppose, but she would boss me around a little bit. You know, like we'd do plays and she would be the director and I would feel I sort of would be all right then. And when I've read about you two, I mean, obviously, Coca, you've gone on to become an incredibly successful director. Was that something that... Was that a dynamic you recognised? Yes, I'm really ashamed to say. It was just... it's. Yeah, I was shame. really, really bossy. <laughs> I was really bossy always. She and says was. <laughs> <laughs> and there was this little, little, little assistant that arrived in my life. <laughs> the she runner. was the first AD, second AD. Yeah, yeah the no, runner no, third, arrived. Third AD, Emily. Don't, don't promote me to first. I'm trying to promote you. Come on. <laughs> so we, um, so when Mel was fourteen, I was at uni, and Mel would come and um, assist on the films that I was starting to make. I just started making pop promos for friends' bands and stuff. And yeah. Mel would come and aged 14, on one occasion, literally built the set, <laughs> the whole set for this pop group called Raw it was War. Pre- it was rad. It was pretty rad. Oil drums, do you remember? <laughs> yeah, oil, oil drums, drums and scaffolding. Planks, scaffold, planks. It was sheer <laughs> 80s. I think there was some sheeting. There was a little bit of, uh, you know... Ultravox Vienna type sheeting going up there. It was oh, it was so fun. It was so much fun. You were at university, Koki, and then Mel, you yeah. went to university sort of later than that. But were you still very close during that period in terms of there weren't mobiles then, I guess? But you were. Did you communicate yeah, we a lot? And yeah, yeah, we used to. I think did we write to each other, Mig? I think I we wrote postcards, and I came to visit you in Cambridge, didn't I? Yeah, and then after after uni, I basically just came and lived with you. Yeah, she moved in. She for about she, six years. She moved Did you? It was endless. Yeah, and then I brought Perks in as well. She was living there, I seem to remember. Oh, God. I mean, it was relentless. They were Perks, so oh, that's kind. Sue Perkins. Yeah. yeah. If you fought, what would the arguments be about? And who's, when you did fight, either in childhood or when you were living together and stuff, who's the, who's the sort of one who says, come on, time out? Who breaks first, as it were? We're, we're, we're gesticulating at each other. <laughs> the, fight, the fights don't come often, but when they they're, come... Oh, they're bad. They're, they're, yeah, they're quite fiery. Yeah. And they usually end up... They start on the phone, actually, don't they? Yes. I think our fights so always me, start on the give phone. Give me an example. I want you to reenact a sort of oh, coking no. greatest... Oh, no, you know, it would be... I can do the noises. It would be sort of... Come on, then. It would be passive-aggressive from me, always, deeply... 
So da da da, and then Coke would be da da da, and I'd be da 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 da, and she'd be da 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 da, and I'd be da 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 da, and then she'd be da da da, and then and then it would escalate, and then one of us puts the phone down. Always, yeah, there's a always. massive hissy yeah. fit. Phone goes down, and then probably about forty-eight hours of non-communication. <laughs> and then that's who usually breaks? it, isn't it? It's always me. Is it? Come on, Meg. I don't think it is, mate. It's always me. me I think you can. I think you can make an, an argument last longer than me. Really? Yeah. I'm more passive aggressive. Definitely. You're more of a Are flare you? up. Yeah, I'm a flare much up. More, She's more honest. You know, she's much more. If there's a problem, you face it. Whereas I'll be brew, brew, brew. Coke is much more honest than I am. If things need to be confronted. She is fearless and she'll just go, okay, that's, that's balls. That's that, you know, we've got to sort that out. And she'll, you know, in an adult way, sometimes in a slightly dramatic way, but in an adult way, nonetheless, confront things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I can be a bit, I can be a bit full on. But no, Melly, Melly, you don't like confrontation. Let's nope. be honest. She no, not, really, Mel. really doesn't. Nope. So she will, Mel will do anything to avoid <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> I'll leave the country. She, she'll lie. <laughs> she will lie. Barefaced lies are hilarious what? to witness. <laughs> okay, I need to know what sort of thing, please. Come on. They're too, they're, they're too complex. They're too complex. There, no, there is a bit uh, of, there it, is a bit of it's smoke always, and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. Smoke and, and it's always, to, it's actually always with a good heart because it's always to make someone feel better. Yeah. Do but you know it ends I mean? up making them feel a lot, lot worse. Whereas I go crashing in with very few filters and very few sort of reserves. And I actually don't care about confrontation at all. It's so weird. That's, I, I wish no I could be like it. that. I, I'd love to do that. But what I would say is that makes sense of the jobs that you've both done. Because yeah, you're the yeah. director and directors can't be frightened of confrontation. Whereas the talent can get to sort of not you know you get to do that thing of like oh my agent says sorry yes and, you know, bring in not, someone else do you know what i mean bring in anyone yeah, else bring so in the true. layers <laughs> yeah, the yeah. layers and layers of other people and excuses to protect your flimsy ego that's all it is emily seriously <laughs> it's all it is it's ridiculous but what, are you the kind of person mel would you rather move house than say to the neighbor your footsteps are keeping me awake when you're walking on the wooden floors or something I would, no, I wouldn't. I would be very, I'd get really antsy about it and then probably say the exact opposite to them. <laughs> like, something like, I love the sound of your floorboards at night. That's lovely. It's exactly what I want to be. Literally, passive aggressive to the absolute max. So, so <laughs> and how would you deal with that, Koki, if that was your situation? I'd knock on the door day one. <gasps> would you? Literally. Day one? Yeah. Mel, yes, day one. Man. I know. Oh, it's okay, good. maybe day two, day two, and I'd say, um, really nice that you've moved in. <laughs> Love scary. That, you know. <laughs> scary. Oh, I, I do a bit of a preamble, but then I'd say, literally straight up, you're, you know, you do know that when you walk on the floorboard, it creaks. <gasps> I know. We, I need a cokey. I need cokey in my life. I know you do. We all do. But then no. she become, she'd become really good friends with the creaking floorboard neighbour. I would maintain a sort of slightly veneer of frost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not good. I need to know. I need to sort that out. Uh, Mel once, re Mel once recommended that I kill with kindness. Oh, I thought that's that was. Yeah. I thought that was. Really yes. Good. 
Yeah, killing yes. with kindness. You, ha you know, you ha in, in work sometimes you just have to do that, don't you? You do. You, you see, do. that's a good way of doing it. I tend to kill with an iron bar, which, which doesn't, um, doesn't go down quite as well. But, um, I feel I'm interested in how your, your, both of your respective careers, really, because, um, Koki, you went on, did you know sort of you wanted to be a director fairly early doors? Um, I didn't know what it was, to be honest. Um, I, I knew I wanted to do some, make something and be creative, and I just had no idea what, where that was going to be. Um, none of us are in showbiz, none of the family was at that time. Um, so I applied to films, no, I applied to art school first, lost my nerve, went to uni, and while I was at uni, just got very sort of frustrated and wanted to make films and hang out with arty people. So that's what I did, really. Yeah, mm. but you stumbled, took... you stumbled into the film society, though, film sock. Yeah. That's what that, it was, wasn't it? And it was full of blokes. It was yeah. the early 80s. They were all biochemists. They oh. were totally uninterested in a female, yeah. you know, like me, being yeah. part of the group. So they kept me kept me hanging on for three weeks until I just wore them down, and then yeah. they gave gave me a camera and I just started making little films really, and it, it's the sort of I don't know it's the kind of urge to just yeah to kind of make things and the collaborative thing in filmmaking which is just so appealing I even then even as a student I'd get all my mates to get up really early in the morning I'd force Mel to come do the catering always <laughs> do the catering oh yeah. that's not nice. <laughs> literally I mean it's it scares me it scares me when I look back and think about how much kind of force of bloody I don't know no because it was fun though it was like it was fun. What, what is more fun than being with oh, Is that Hello. Juno? Hello, June. Yeah, Juno. Guard dog. There's an yeah. Alsatian round here that she doesn't like very much. Oh, Juno. <laughs> and Bob's, and the, and Bob's Bob. doing as well. Juno! <laughs> oh, look, they've gone. Oh, listen, I can hear that dog. I've got. Come on, June. June, I'll have to get the cheese out. June, come on. Get come the on, Olga. I've <laughs> got some chunks of. Chunks of mature cheds in the pocket. Oh, oh they love the a bit of cheese. Junie, what's she barking at? <laughs> Don't know. I can't sit. <laughs> just for no good reason. Sometimes she just does that to just make make us know that you know she is a she is a guard dog essentially. She's a lazy old guard dog. I think it's because she's got a lot of those sort of Rottweiler and she's seen an Alsatian, which is another 70s dog. Yeah, yeah. Saying, I'm the only 70s dog here. <laughs> I got chased by an Alsatian. No, not chased, sort of um, cornered by an Alsatian. Were you there, Cobb? No. Down at the Steiskis, these Polish friends of ours who lived down near Brighton, they had this horrendously frightening dog. Were you not there, Cobb? No. I wanted a dog my whole life. I was 42 when we got Bob. Really? Yeah, I've wanted a dog 42 years. And it was Tommy, Aww. the old man, who finally said, yeah, let's do it. Is that, is that your other half? Yeah, yeah. He, he grew up with dogs. He's good with dogs, isn't he? Yeah, he's amazing. Well, well he, I want to hear about Tommy's very posh, though. You're a lady or something, aren't you? <laughs> oh, no. Are we allowed to talk about this? You are, Koki. Yes, but it's a very strange kind of non-thing. Um, he inherited the title through little bizarre highways and byways. 
And we have no money and we don't live in a castle. We live in a terraced house in Ealing and we don't use the title. It's just there in the blooming wiki, wiki world. And I can't get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry, I wouldn't be at all like you. I'd have the business card. My husband is, is yeah. an incredibly um, sort of left-wing member of the Labour Party and rejected it all aged 18 officially. So it's not, yeah. it's just not in our lives. But, but I actually personally think it's a kind of interesting kind of quirk of, of history and fate that that's... I love it. The, the, old, the original ancestor was really, really interesting. He was Queen Elizabeth's um, ambassador to Paris and she really loved him, Elizabeth I. She really loved wow. him and she gave him a socking great house in, in um, Epping. And all the money was lost in the 18th century by a dissolute kind of gambling, drug-addled oh, wow. drug nice. member of the family. So it's all <laughs> totally surreal. So Mel, yes. Pokey's getting on with, you know, knowing she's going to make films and just feeling that this is an area that she's, she's enjoying it, you know. And how were you feeling about performing at that time? Was that something you decided on early or did you know that was going to be your career? I seem to remember repeatedly not getting into uh, school plays. So I'd go up, they were quite sort of stodgy plays, and I'd never get a part, which really hacked me off. And um, so I used to do things like, I'd say, well, maybe I should write an introduction to the play and come on and do that. <laughs> and then I'd write a massive introduction, like literally 10 minutes, with characters, with, you know, try and write jokes and stuff. So I sort of wormed my way into doing stuff at school. Um, and I, mm. think I, I think I knew really early on, actually. I was probably about 14. Um, Coke and I went to see um, a show in the Oxford Playhouse. My mum had brought us tickets. And I do remember sitting there just thinking, it was a sketch show. And I remember just thinking, mm. yeah, that's it. There we go. That's it right there. It that's was your exactly, light bulb moment, wasn't it? it yeah, it was. I think I knew quite early on, actually. But I never really thought, oh, I'll make money out of it or I'll, I'll actually be able to say I am a performer. Do you know what I mean? I'm a performer. I never yeah. thought that for a second. Um, it just sort of happened. And did you, did you feel... Were you, would you describe yourself as... You know, it sounds like you were quite an extrovert anyway growing up. Yes. I probably was a right old show-off. Still am. It's awful. Even in lockdown, showing off. Appalling. <laughs> there are so many show-offs in lockdown, aren't there? So many. With the lid just barely held. <laughs> you got involved in Footlights at Cambridge, Mel. Yes. And is that where you met Sue? Yeah, exactly. Perkins. I mean, yeah. yeah, there were very few other girls, really, who were doing comedy at the time. It was sort of uh, late 80s, early 90s. But the two of us just That's met it. through a shared addiction Good. to comedy, I think. We were just obsessed mm. with it. And we became friends before we did anything uh, worky together. We were pals, first and foremost. And we only really started working together about five years after we met, I suppose. Four years after. Yeah. yeah. They were an amazing double act, Emily, those two. They, they still are, obviously, but, but right from the beginning, it was just... just brilliant chemistry wasn't it i don't really sort of analyze it but we just do we really get on and um yeah i guess we're very pals. different very very, different. very very different but we find a lot of the same things funny i suppose that's the crucial thing isn't yeah. it? yeah 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 
we, and you we can make sort each other tell. laugh. I remember seeing you years ago when you first did light lunch. It must have been, you know, oh, all those blimey. years ago you were doing Sorry that. Sorry about no, that. But, <laughs> no, I remember seeing that and I genuinely thought, because I guess we're about the same sort of vintage, and I thought, I really wish those women were my friends. Like, I think they, yeah. they've just seen this. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was that sense of just funny without being cruel. You know, lots but... of people said that. Lots of people said that, Mel. You've got to take that compliment. They did. Yeah, no, it's lovely. How old were you at the time? You, Emily, you must have been about five. I, oh, I love you. This is, Come on. This is what I need. Come on. You see how Koki would deal with this? She'd say, well, clearly you're quite old. So you were... <laughs> No, I, I just really be accurate. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do looking at your career, so, you know, your partnership with Sue, which has obviously gone on to, you know, you've both been very successful individually, but also, you know, with Bake Off and things. Do did you sort of? It's so amazing to think that's endured all that time. And how do you? It, I'm interested in what you think about that, Koki, in terms of being yeah. witnessing that, you know, evolving. And oh, it's been you... a marriage. It's been yeah. a marriage of sorts. It's been, it's had its ups and downs. Definitely. <laughs> and yeah. it's Definitely. Had it, and you've worked through them and, you've, and they've done tons and tons together, years and years of like really grafting. And then they sort of had moments of just like having a break from each other and going off mm. and exploring different things. Sue did a ton of documentary stuff. Melly started doing these brilliant shows like Sorry, I've Got No Head. Um, Sadie J, acting, acting, theatre stuff, and coming Good. back together. Good, I'm paying to say this. Come on, keep going. <laughs> and you know, you wouldn't have done it if you hadn't had your little moments of divorce. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, both both perks and I say it's it's really good to do the stuff um, separately. It's it's brilliant actually, but then it's always a treat to do something together. That's what that's what yeah. that's we love that. We do love that. We're very shambolic still though. It's, 30 years and we still, I don't know, we're pretty and together, but well, that's, we're mates. That's probably, the way you, that's probably the way you work. Yeah, maybe. They, maybe. they actually were staying with me um, when, when they got the gig for light lunch. Mel and Sue in my kitchen, <laughs> living with me at the time, I think, staying with yeah, me. Yeah, scrounging, sponging, scrounging. And they were trying to get the first show together and they, they literally had, you know, they, they had about 10 pieces of toast and cups of tea and they just were so shambolic and all I could hear from the kitchen every now and then was lunch <laughs> as they tried to think of some ideas for the show oh god oh you were desperate oh, it was always winging it wasn't it Mal let's always. be honest when your fellow comic performers working together there's even you know however brilliantly you get on there will be moments where you'll be like you just dis disagree or there'll be creative you know discussions yeah. about stuff do you ever sort of not get involved in that coke or would you always offer i imagine you'd always offer the very straight opinion wouldn't you rather than say rather than tell them what they wanted to tell mel what she wanted to hear effectively yeah it's um we're both actually to be honest it works really both ways i mean I, I really rely on Mel a hell of a lot. I may be the bossy older sister, but I really, really value her kind of opinions on things. So if things are going badly for me, if I'm worried about something or really scared about something, she gives me incredible advice. And, 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 and with Sue, I would never want to kind of ever get between them or intervene yeah. in a way that would affect their relationship. So, so it's kind of, you know, you have to be 
really delicate about certain certain things, yeah. don't you? Perks always goes to Coke when they see each other, and within about a nanosecond, it's like the therapy couch, isn't it, Coke? Yeah, I love it. I love <laughs> it. Perks is there, literally saying, "Right, what do I do? There's this, you know, there's this issue." It's very, it's lovely, actually. That they always get down to the nitty gritty yeah, very no, I'm, quickly. I'm rubbish at small talk. What did you think, Koki, when Mel left Bake Off? Yeah. Which I, I don't know if you can yeah. talk about it much, Mel, but obviously it was just like one of those incredible moments when I felt like I could breathe out, and I thought, "Oh, I knew they were like that. They're such yeah. good people." And did you feel, did she ask you about that? Did you have views on that and did she come to you? We met, I remember, in the cafe at Virgin Active by the swimming pool and the police, and not the police, the paparazzi were outside your door, Meg. <laughs> and, the, and the police. And the police. <laughs> that was and for something else. And, Mel, and Mel's kids. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. And Mel's kids couldn't get into the house because of the paparazzi so they came to our house yeah and, and Melly said to me um this is what we're thinking of doing we're we're gonna you know we're not we're not gonna go to channel four this is what we're thinking of doing do you remember Mel it was in the right in the middle of it all and yeah. I, I was just so freaking proud oh cheers Charles. that's all I can say you know I mean it's very cheers. brave to turn away the money you know who bloody yeah, does that but it, what, <laughs> it, it didn't seem like that tricky a decision really you know it just it, I don't know oh hell I don't know <laughs> <laughs> you had some tough times didn't you when yeah the day financially yeah no absolutely I mean like like a lot of people um we um <laughs> sorry I'm laughing <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing I'm so sorry She's just there, pissing herself, laughing. <laughs> oh dear, I'm really sorry. <laughs> Do you remember when you had no money? Oh! We lost it all. We blooming, we were absolute flipping idiots. And I had this... <laughs> I had this advert. I had this advert at the time. It was when Kingsmill went. Kingsmill. I had this Kingsmill advert. He's in his stomach. <laughs> it's only because it's serious. It's because it's we've Go gone on. serious. I know, I know. Go on, Kingsville. <laughs> we had this Kingsville advert and it's, you know... Oh, that was you and Sue, wasn't it? That with was the two face of, of Kingsville, yeah. Yeah, listen, it was an absolute <laughs> festival of cash. It was and a it cash came cow. Around, cash cow came around twice a year. So I just thought, right, boom, this yeah. is the big time. <laughs> why, is all that, why is all your big money related to dough puns as well? There's always bread involved. Bread, always bread. <laughs> yeah, no. so go on. So the, no. and then the, no, we were we were just a bit we were just a bit dumb. We bought a house that we couldn't really afford and borrowed too much from the bank. And then <laughs> I got a letter from Kingsville. I got a letter from Kingsville. I'm really just bald. Just, just saying. Just saying. Do you Mel? Thing is over. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> It's not you, it's us. No, there was no sort of, oh, have a hamper full of bread, you know. We're so sorry that you're going. You've given us so much good service. It was just literally, we will not be needing you again. And, oh. th and then it all just, it all just, it all it just like developed. But yeah, it went well but tits up. And there was, was no a, work on the horizon. Nothing. It was a, it was a big lesson. It was a good it was lesson. A bit, it was a massive lesson. It really was. No, and then so we, 
we lived in a little um, rental flat for a couple of years, and actually, it was it was it was lo- it was lovely. We realised that we don't need all this stupid space that we can't afford. You know, yeah. it was good. It was a good thing, actually. It was a good thing. They but, were um, such bad adverts as well. Sorry. <laughs> and and may I there. say? May I Rubbish. say? There were there were many. We used to take the kids to school, and there were many days when Mel would come to school to the <laughs> playground hatchet faced. <laughs> totally. <laughs> But, but the hatchet only comes out for me and Ben. Yeah. We are, we're the only ones that ever see it, aren't we? Uh, ever, to everyone else, it's absolute sweetness and light. <laughs> but Mel, I love that. That's how it should be. I had a thing with my, my sisters, who's sadly no longer with us, but my late sister, she, that was oh. our thing, that she was the only person I would slam the phone down on. I wouldn't do that to a friend. I'd be, yeah. I'd, they'd never speak to me again, knowing that I could ring her the next day and go, all right, mate. And it was just yeah. forgotten, you yes, know. Yes, it's true. Yeah. It's, it's that's, very true. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because actually, I guess it's, I guess you just feel sort of safe. Yeah, exactly. That you can just go to the absolute nadir and still, <laughs> <laughs> and still be welcomed back. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's it works both ways. And you, um, talking about, I mean, you've had such an incredible career as a director, Koki, and I really love your work, and um, oh, the Virgin you. Queen don't, was... Don't bring her up too much, mate. Just keep it... <laughs> keep it on the down low. Keep it on the down low. Mel's like, right. let's bring praise. up some of the more Kingsmill type work. Yes. Come on. We've all got a Kingsmill in our closet. Yeah, you two chat, and I'll just have a little think about that. You have a little chat. Go on. I'll have a little think. <laughs> You, so you'd carved out an in, and have carved out an incredibly successful career as a director, which I think, you know, it's, I hope it's easier for women now, but I still think when I was growing up, the idea of a director was a man, which is awful, you know, but in yeah. a chair with the bossing people around, essentially. It's, it's still pretty bad, I'm afraid. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it really, it's, oh, I've got, I've got this big, um, this big thing I'm doing this evening, actually, which is the kind of Hollywood and women, um, oh, you know. Me. That sounds terrifying. I know, on, <laughs> online sort of massive, massive chat with all the kind of pundits. And um, I've been kind of getting my ideas together about what to say. And the, the truth is, you know, it, it was bad in the 80s when I started. Yeah, and it and it's and it's pretty ropey now. Um, the only thing now is that there at least is a dialogue that people are talking about it, yeah, and acknowledging and, you know, there are the occasional little tiny openings of opportunities, but it's it's really tough. It's tough to be a female director. Um, yeah, and the and the thing that gets me really more than anything else I discovered recently when I was being interviewed is that I. I guess that I'm associated with being female all the time. <laughs> I don't go on set thinking, hey, today I'm yeah. going to be this great female director. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, um, and my daughter, who's 18, we were walking around the park the other day and um, chatting about stuff and talking about what she might want to do with her life. And she said, Mum, I just don't want it to be part of the debate. I don't want to have to answer to anyone or kind of, prove myself the only thing I can say is that there are you know there are a few of us who've done it and I've been doing it for 30 years who kind of care about the ones coming up behind us and we are trying to be good role models and we're trying to mentor young filmmakers and 
um, you know, wherever possible. Now, now I'm old, I like I'm an old bird. I can really say on my film set, I can say, look, it's got to be diverse and it's got to have enough women in the crew. It's simple as that. Yeah. Um, and casting is, color, you know, I like it to be colorblind and I, I don't know. Do you think also with directing, and I think this is conditioning, certainly with our generation of, you know, necessarily the job of director, part of mm. it is telling other people what to do, especially men. Yeah. And I think that can be mm. tough for some women, just, to, just purely because of how we're conditioned, that you're not taught to take up space socially. You know, it's like, wait for the man to have his turn, you know, so... Yeah, yeah, to it's, do I mean, yeah, it's stru a, film's, a film set is structured in a really, really kind of male way. It's almost, it's almost like the army. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a sh it's called a shoot. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> the director is the general. You you yeah. talk to each other on walkie-talkies. You wear combat gear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you know, it's it's yeah. it's really really peculiar. The only thing that I've I guess I've done consistently is try really really hard not to take myself too seriously. Not try not to sort of ever think that I'm you know the victim of anything or lower status in any way and my, my and when you sorry Koki, i was just oh, I want worry, to actually ask you about just your latest uh, film lie down lie down which yeah. i've just seen and i really loved it i i think you've done Thank such you. a beautiful job with something which is you know such a popular piece of work and so well loved and it's caitlin moran's how to build a girl isn't it yes um, yes and you've just directed the movie yes um Catelyn Moran is a massive hero of mine and I'm a big big fan of her work and so um I just leapt at it and I, I worked on the script for a year and a half with her she'd written it yeah um, and it was and when I got the script it was very Catelyn it was very very noisy and polemical and sort of sh a bit shouty at times she would she would freely admit that. So I came on board and I worked with her for a long time to just sort of craft it into what you saw, really, the movie. Um, and I'd constantly say to her, Catelyn, you write hilarious and heartbreaking. And she'd say, fuck the heartbreaking, I want the hilarious. And I'd go, no, we're going to do both. And that was it. That was the th that was the journey. Um, we looked for a star and we tried to cast we, you know, we looked, we looked at loads of um, young girls round kind of Wolverhampton, the Midlands, and then broadened it out to the, the whole of the UK. And suddenly uh, the producer saw Beanie in Ladybird and she just said, she's our girl. And mm. it was just the most brilliant right. light bulb moment. And I Skyped, yeah. I Skyped with her and I said, look, Bean, how are you <laughs> going to handle this accent, this Wolverhampton thing? How are you going to do it? And she said, Anyone, any actor taking on this part has got to take on that accent and that thing and that yeah. persona. Why not me? You know, why shouldn't it be me? And she just completely threw herself headlong into that character. She worked in a shop in Wolverhampton, didn't she? Yeah. I think I've seen it about five times now, actually. I know, the Mel's really supportive. No, I love it. I love it because it's the sort of thing where you can see it multiple times and you'll get something different out of it. You'll, you'll, you'll notice a different joke or you'll suddenly love a new character. It's a lovely, warm film that everyone should see because it's life-affirming and we need stuff like that now. It's escapist and it's 
it's just proper funny. Do you know what I mean? It's like just proper belly laugh funny. And also, I, speaking as a you know mum of two teenage girls, I just think it is so refreshing to see somebody on screen who's not a blooming stick thin kind of um, oh pouty lipped sort of fake person. She's real. She's funny. She's gorgeous. She's flawed. It's 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 brilliant. I absolutely love it. So Mel, yeah. I want to know about what you're up to at the moment as well, because um, I know Kingsmill's fallen through, and I'm really sorry about that. But um, <laughs> I'm back in negotiation on the horizon. I'm back in negotiation <laughs> with Kingsmill lads. They want me back in the fold. There you're some, joking. You're there joking. are some flowery baps that they need somebody to get out and advertise, and I've said, I'm your woman. Um, <laughs> No, I, it was really weird, actually. I was literally about... Um, oh, hang on, there's an Alsatian. Hang on, it's Juno's right. looking the other way. She's looking the other way. All good. It's all right, good. it's fine, it's fine. Uh, no, I was just about to uh, film this new show for Dave, um, the comedy channel Dave, mm. literally the day that lockdown was uh, called. So we didn't get to do our first recording, but I'm hoping that that will sort of happen once mm. things get a bit uh, easier, you know, things clarify a bit. And I'm writing a novel which will be out next spring, I think. Oh, I'm how just, exciting. Yeah, I'm, t I'm really excited. It's, I've just, I'm just finishing the third draft of it at the moment, so um, lockdown. It's really, it's really funny. Is that fiction or non-fiction? It's it's a it's a novel, yeah. It's, it's really oh, wow. funny. Well, it's our oh, cheers, mate. No, it's. I mean, you know, I've got to say, I think it might possibly be the way forward. I really, really enjoyed it. Tell me, I want to know because having spoken to you both, I really got such a vivid idea of your relationship. Actually, it's it's Aww. that closeness, and I get the sense of um, it's like an unconditional bond, isn't it? And I can imagine. You know, you know that thing you always say, who would you call if you'd lost all your cards and, you know, you couldn't get home or something? It's that sense that they're your, Kings your person. Kingsmill <laughs> would be my first port of call. <laughs> and obviously they would, both come, got partners. They would come good. They would but come did, good your, did your partners, was that something they almost had to adapt to, <laughs> that level of closeness between you? They are like the biggest blooming, there's the, the biggest bromance going on between those two. <laughs> Isn't there? Yeah. They absolutely... Yeah, they go dads. They ruddy, they ruddy yeah. adore each other. You lost your dad, guys, didn't you? A couple of years ago, dad died, and mum, mum's oh. still around, and she's, she's on her own in lockdown, which is mm. a constant weird, worry, really worry weird to us because we all mm. see her, um, you know, all the time. But yeah. she's, she was a war baby. She's, um, she was a nurse, as, as we said, and so she is unbelievably practical, down to strong. Earth. Yeah. strong chipper kind of like keeping really chipper doing tons of stuff when i when i ring her or as she says flat face her which is facetiming um, <laughs> she, she says um she says, i love flat face i can't talk long i'm really really busy yes i get that amazing I she's know. an amazing woman she's four foot nine yeah and she's fierce i'm interested to know have either of you had therapy and would you have it i yes. Yes, both of us. Yes, I love it. Do you? Yeah, I, I swear by it. It saved my life. Yeah. Completely. Really? 100%. Yeah. yeah. In what way, just being able to open up to someone, I guess? And... Um, it was the end of my um, first marriage, and it mm. was 
Um, it was basically a way for me and my ex-husband to stay really good friends, which we've done, and protect our son and sort of go forward into new families and mm. our lives. And all of us have, in various ways and in various combinations, been to therapy. And I think, you know, if you find a really good one, it's just, just about the most magical thing. Yeah. And what, what about, about you, Mel? Yeah, I was having, um, so before I got married and I was having, I sort of kept on finding myself in the same sort of pickle of, you know, just mindset stuff. So I had some CBT therapy. I think I had about six sessions and it was blooming brilliant. I didn't think cognitive I behavioral cognitive therapy, behavioral, yeah. yeah. So working out, you know, why you keep going down the same route and mm. basically training your brain not to go down that route. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. I mean, who knew? So clever. This lovely woman. She was so, so nice. I went to see her. I hadn't really sort of thought that it was my kind of thing. I kind of thought, oh, no, come on. You know, I'm not that sort of not that sort of person that, you know, needs that or it's a bit oh, is it a bit self indulgent, you know, blah mm. blah. But I was really glad I went. Really glad actually. Would you go um, again, Mick? Yeah, I would. Ever, yeah. yeah, I would actually. I would. Yeah. Bit of a dog the only bite. thing I'd find now though is I would I'd feel I'd feel exhausted at the thought of starting again right from scratch. That's the only thing. Honestly, I know it's a really glib thing to say, but if you have a toothache or if you have a kind of, you know, a bad back, you go and see a doctor mm. and you go and get help. And I think if you're, if you're suffering, if your mental health is suffering, there are people out there who can just be so, so helpful. I yeah. think they're amazing therapists. I've got a lot of time for them. I think they're wonderful. Our family is riddled with all sorts of things. Oh my days! We'd <laughs> need get a set. No, we'd need yeah, a seventy-five. What is your fa a your family? Can't, I can't. It doesn't seem riddled with anything. Oh, there's a lot of rum. There's behavior. a lot going on. <laughs> is there? Dum dum. We'd need a seventy-five episode podcast to delve into that. Emily. We do. It's really nice to talk to a stranger sometimes as well, or someone not. Yeah. I always say not totally. a, not sprawling in the white heat of it all. You know, just yes. invested, but but not right in the centre of it all. Oh yes, it's just it's, so it's, good. I I remember the, my first um, <laughs> my first session of CBT. I actually couldn't speak. I had this massive lump in my throat. Oh. I, I was literally, I was literally <laughs> like that for the first twenty minutes because it was oh. just. There was so. It was such so a much pent up powerful yeah. release. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that sounds very you know. Bit no, it's true though. I but you really do. Did. It was amazing. Can I tell you my? Can I tell you my first? Go, Go on. on. So my first. Hello, session. we're talking about when we lost our virginity. My first. <laughs> <laughs> my first session. My first session with Catherine. I said, listen, I'll talk about anything at all. I'm happy to talk about literally anything except... Junie. Oh, except I'm so... my mum and dad. <laughs> That's so good. Cut to Cut 400 to six, hours. Six months later, on the floor, literally. Who's the crier out of you two? Oh, both of us. Both. Yeah. When did you last cry? Me yesterday. Yeah. Did you cry yesterday, Cobb? I yeah. think I I brimmed yesterday at something ludicrous. I can't remember. A proper full on week. Probably a, probably about a month ago, I suppose. Oh really? But brimming yeah. all the time. I mean solidly brimming yeah. at everything. 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? What I you like it though. I love crying. I think it's really cathartic. I always yes, love it. Yes, it is good. It's, um, no, it's essential. Sorry, there's a large Chinook helicopter overhead. <laughs> it's the Kingsmill HQ. They, they've come to me. They're going to land in the park and hand me the contract. So I've got to go, girls. It's been lovely. Speak um, soon. What do you most fear people will say about you when you walk out of a room? And what do you most hope they'd say? So, Koki, you go first, then Mel. What, fear about you when you're dead? What do you fear? No, they'll say no. about you. So when you leave a room, what would they say? Oh, and okay, Koki, okay. she's a bit... But then what? on the nice side, it's like, what do you hope they'd say? Well, I fear that they say it, and I know that they say it, that I'm bossy. Mm. <laughs> they, do, they do, Emily. They really do. Every Terrible. time she leaves a room... <laughs> <laughs> no... No, that's, I'm, I'm actually kidding. I, 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 I would absolutely hate someone to think that I took myself too seriously because so much of my job is kind of like putting that front on in a way and being that person. So you hope, in a way, you'd fear that they'd... Well, I'm not going to paraphrase you, but you'd hope that they'd think you were sort of um, light-hearted and... And, soft, and sort of softer. Which I am, you know, in in my home life, I think. Yeah. Aren't I, Mel? Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's a total. She is a total softy. I bloody hope so. Of course, she bloody is. Otherwise, Otherwise what about you, Megan? I would hate for people to say. <laughs> what oh, a hatchet face, dog. <laughs> That would be bad. That, I, I know the hatchet comes through a lot, and probably the more, the older I get, the more the hatchet comes through. I would, I would hate for people to say, "Oh, there's that girl. She used to do the Kingsmill ads. I wonder what she's doing now." That would be very sad. Hi. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Oh, sorry, love. Oh, just made a girl cry with the dogs. That's not good. I hope that people would say. Um, yeah, she's she's good. She's good fun to be with. I hope people would say that. <laughs> so right, Miggins. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> the Go thing on, about Katie. Mel, which she won't say about herself, is that she is as kind and as brilliant as she appears on the screen when she's, you know, talking to people. She's as interested and as connected. she's attractive. She's very very <laughs> alluring. Uh, she's clever. a kind person. Yep. She's a kind person. As are you, as are you, my cobs. As oh. are you. <laughs> I'm but, actually um, going to start welling up now. I can't take the emotions. Come on, brim. Let's all brim together. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed listening to that. And do remember to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes.